Welcome to episode 7 of the Superman Confidential Podcast. I'm Tom, your host, and today I'll be talking about some news related to Superman and TV and comics, as well as get into some Doom Patrol Superman crossover, an early post-crisis Doom Patrol crossover with Superman, basically because the new Doom Patrol show is out on DC Universe, and I wanted to look at what a crossover would look like when Superman met up with the world's strangest heroes. So I will get into that now. First up in a little bit of movie news, animated movie news, a trailer for Justice League versus The Fatal Five is out, and it shows a heavy DCAU influence, whether it's specifically in that continuity or not, I don't know yet. It could be similar to Batman and Harley Quinn, where if you want it to be, it can be. If you don't, it won't. But it features George Newbern back as Superman, as well as the return of Kevin Conroy as Batman and Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman. So some classic DCAU characters and voice actors there and i don't know how big of a role superman is going to have in this he is front and center on the cover he gets one or two lines in the trailers so i don't know how big of a deal it will be but it's going to have the legion of superheroes i don't know if that will be inspired inspired by superman there's going to be green lanterns there's going to be lots of characters so a lot going on here uh it looks like it could be pretty cool and i am looking forward to it don't have a tons of analysis in terms of Superman's role in it, but it is good to hear George Newbern back as the role in the role. He's very good at that, so I like hearing that. It's going to be PG-13. It releases digitally March 30th and physically on 4K and Blu-ray on April 16th. So around that time, I'll probably have a look at Superman's role in the film and, and what I thought of that and give a little mini review of that at that time. In a little bit of Krypton TV news, the soundtrack for season one is going to release March 8th, according to Film Music Reporter. I thought the soundtrack for... Krypton, the music, the score, was very excellent for the TV show, and I was surprised by how good it was, and it was composed by Pinar Toprak, who she is now gone on, I don't, I'm assuming she's still working on Krypton, but she also composed the score for the upcoming Captain Marvel movie, so she's gone on to do some other things there, and I thought it was some excellent work, so I'm looking forward to that. Good time for Superman music, I suppose. There's been a new re-release of Superman the movie, a limited release of that, so uh, pretty exciting if you are into soundtracks and That will be right after the Blu-ray DVD of Season 1 of Krypton comes out March 5th. And so that is, yeah, good time for Krypton stuff. Speaking of Krypton, it was nominated for a Visual Effects Society Award. Outstanding visual effects in a photoreal episode for Season 1, Episode 10, The Phantom Zone. Uh, It did not win, but it's cool that it was nominated. I thought the visual effects were really strong for Season 1 of Krypton. I didn't have high expectations. I haven't seen a ton of sci-fi. I've seen a couple shows here and there. But, yeah, I was really impressed by the way everything looked. Obviously, considering everything has to be created from the ground up, that's an interesting thing when you ever hear the producers talk about the show. that You know, you can't just, you don't just have sets lying around of alien worlds or streets. You can't go film on location and have it look like an alien world. You have to create all of that from the ground up. And for a, a limited TV budget, I thought it was really well done the way it looked like an alien world, a mixture of special computer effects and practical stuff i thought it was really well done so cool to see the show get a little bit of a nomination a little bit of recognition for that even if it didn't win so big news for kind of kind of superboy fans it seems like it's a really good time if you are a fan of that character as he is everywhere right about now but joshua orpin has been cast as counter kent slash superboy in titans he will be a series regular in season two and there's a little bit of description there Superboy, a.k.a. Connor Kent, is the angsty teenager of steel searching for purpose and the truth about his past. While looking for answers, he crashes in the world of the Titans where he finds an unlikely home and surrogate family, as well as revelations that carry more complications than he ever bargained for. 
So yeah, if you had any question if this was going to be a lighthearted character or not, I think if you've seen Titans season one, you know it was probably going to be a, a bit of a darker take, uh, an angsty take, as the description says. Not surprised there. So this will be very different if you are just familiar with the character from Reign of the Superman or something like that. And either the comic book or the recent animated movie, it is very different, probably more similar to the Young Justice version, where he's a little more violent and angry at the start uh, and then grows a little bit. That's That's not surprising. That is what titans is although maybe you could argue that titans could use a little bit of a a more fun-loving character like the original connor connell but that is not the case um i'm curious how they fit in how they fit this character in because there are several characters on titans already seems slow moving a little bit so you didn't get to know all of them very well and so this is adding another character to it i wonder how it's going to fit in also a really powerful character Uh, We'll see what kind of skill set, what power set he has. But I wonder how he's going to fit in. I prefer the origin of Superboy to be more directly linked to Superman, a la the death of Superman and return of Superman storyline. But that doesn't mean this can will be bad. It just means it will be different. Um, So I wonder how they're going to address that, if they're going to let Superman know off screen or, or how that's going to fit in or... If this cl- a partial clone of Superman's just gonna be out there hanging around and nobody tells him how they will handle all that, uh, that is that remains to be seen. But again, another live action version of Counter Kent. He was in Smallville, and then in animation, he's recently been in Young Justice, and of course, Reign of the Superman, the animated movie. So, lots of Counter Kent stuff going on around right now. I'm glad there will be at least a little bit of the Superman family influence in Titans now. However, that happens. Season one didn't have much other than Don Granger wearing a superman shirt in one scene i think that was about as big of a an influence as he has other than a couple random references so yeah i'm curious to see how he fits in here i hope uh his character arc is a little beyond just being upset at superman for not taking him in like young justice i don't didn't love that beginning in young justice it didn't put superman in a great light but i wouldn't be surprised if they go with that but i would prefer the reign of the superman outlook but i know you probably can't do that without superman so I'm not sure how they'll handle it, but hopefully they use him well. Okay, let's talk some comic book news, some old news, but Action Comics number 1000 was the best-selling comic book of 2018. Hollywood Reporter had an article on it uh, by best-selling. I don't know if that's total dollars or number of issues or both, but really cool to see. Obviously, it's a special occasion issue 1000 with Superman's 80th birthday, but it is cool to see in the right situation Superman can still be on top uh and not to mention it was a really cool comic one i really enjoyed so glad to see that and action comics 80 years of superman the hardcover was the number five selling collected edition of 2018 that collected a bunch of stories from superman and other characters uh mixed in there with action comics over 80 years so that was really cool as well it's a really good hardcover collection if you just want to get a little sample of superman in action comics throughout the years uh some really good stories mixed in there and uh fun Fun little book. And some new comic book stuff. Apparently ongoing comic book series for Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen are on the way from DC Comics. Crazy. These two characters both had stories, comic books, back in the 50s through the 70s. Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and now it looks like they're getting new ongoing comic book series. I believe this will be the first time since the 70s that they've had ongoing stories. They've had some miniseries and one-shots here and there, but... Uh, I think this is really exciting. They're going to spin out of May's Leviathan Rising special, which is coming up in the Superman books. And 
they will debut in June. So Lois Lane is going to be written by Greg Rucka and artist Mike Perkins. That's really cool. Uh, I like, I've seen, a, read a lot of Greg Rucka's work on Superman and other characters, and I think he will be a great fit for Lois Lane. Jimmy Olsen will be written by Matt Fraction with art by Steve Lieber. I don't know much about Matt Fraction. I don't know if he's done any DC work before. I know he's done a bunch of stuff for Marvel, and I've never read anything he's done, so uh, don't really have any opinion on his work, but I've heard mostly good things about him, so I'm excited to see how that fits in. And I like seeing, I like these characters, so I like seeing them get expanded on more, especially Lois Lane. She might be my second favorite character in comics, so seeing an ongoing series will be cool. I don't know how this is going to fit in with everything that's going on in Superman and Action Comics right now, but seeing more of Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen is always a good thing. And one more comic thing. Brian Michael Bendis was asked on Reddit about the two Superboys. There's currently two Superboys in the DC Universe, if you didn't know. Bendis is working on Superman in Action Comics, where John Kent, Superboy, has a role, and he's also on Young Justice, where Connor Kent is back, the Connor Kent Superboy. So he was asked specifically about that. There's two guys running around saying they're Superboy. He said John and Connor will meet and work that out on panel, promise. And yes, there will be some rebranding and some new looks. Change is good. Yeah, I've wondered for a while how long they would have these two Superboys going on. I think you you need a name change for at least one or both of them. So that's good to see that that's on the way and that they will meet and, and figure that out on panel. Um, I don't I don't even want to get into the continuity of it, how it makes sense. I haven't read The Young Justice yet to see how Connor is back and how that fits into the timeline or all of that. But yeah, I think if you're going to have both of these characters out there, then at least one of them needs a name change. And before I get into the Superman Doom Patrol crossover, I wanted to make a recommendation. This is Man and Superman, the newly released comic from Marv Wolfman. This was actually written more than 10 years ago by Marv Wolfman. He claims that it might be his best Superman work ever, which is saying something because he did quite a bit of Superman work back in the day. This was originally intended to be four issues in the Superman Confidential comic book series. That only ran for 14 issues, and it focused on early adventures of Superman. Uh, kind of early career not necessarily origin stuff so this man in superman fits in that time period you can see him transitioning from just being a guy in smallville to his early adventures of superman kind of getting his confidence and all of that i won't go into spoilers but it's a hundred pages for around 9.99 in the u.s uh, i think it's definitely worth it because it would have been four issues of a comic at at the time and it's just really well done uh, i've got a couple things i could nitpick about it i won't get into spoilers but I really recommend it. I look at it as kind of a similar idea to Superman for all seasons, but very different style. So you can see Clark struggling that leap from being just a man to being, you know, a guy in costume out there trying to make a difference and help people. And it kind of fits into continuity at the time. Uh, I guess you don't have to think too much about it, but it's, it's just a really cool companion piece. It's, like I said, it's similar to Superman for all seasons, but very different stylistically. It's written very differently. The art is obviously much different. And so it's a, a bit of a modern, quote-unquote, take on it, even though it's only 10 years newer than for all seasons. But I think it's a really good read and really entertaining. And I think Wolfman does some excellent work with Superman in it. So I, I would recommend checking that out. All right, let's get into the Superman and Doom Patrol crossover. I chose this one. This is from Doom Patrol Volume 2, Number 10, with the cover date of July 1988. And... Superman, Volume 2, Number 20, from August 1988. I chose this one because there's not really a lot of Superman and Doom Patrol crossovers. I think there is an issue of DC Comics Presents and Superman Family in the 80s, but those 
don't really have the exact Doom Patrol team that is in the TV show right now, so I wanted to get something a little bit similar to that. And this still isn't quite similar to that team, so I don't know if there are many more crossovers with the Doom Patrol. Uh, if anybody knows, let me know. But this is a pretty good, fun little crossover. It's nothing crazy. It's just two issues involving Metallo. So if you want to check that out, I recommend it. it you can find both issues in Man of Steel Volume 9. Superman the Man of Steel Volume 9, the collected edition trade paperback. Uh, it's the wrap-up of John Byrne's run. And this is done toward the end of Byrne's run on Superman, just before the Supergirl saga. So first up is Doom Patrol Volume 2, number 10. Like I said, this was right before Grant Morrison, less than a year before Grant Morrison came on and really made the modern take on the Doom Patrol, which is the show is somewhat based off of. This is written by Paul Kupperberg, penciled by Eric Larson, inked by Gary Martin, colored by Tom Ziuko, lettered by John Workman, and edited by Robert Greenberger. The cover is pretty cool because it just has, you see the destroyed Doom Patrol all laying on the ground after presumably Metallo worked them over, and you see Superman flying big front and center kind of not too happy trying to figure out what's going on and it starts with a mostly doom patrol superman doesn't come until the very end so if you're looking for a lot of superman stuff i wouldn't say that you definitely need this issue but there are is some cool metallo stuff in here so there's some ongoing doom patrol stuff that i won't get too heavily into robot man's testing his powers there's some romantic plot with tempest and negative woman uh lots of other characters celsius and lodestone not the not ones i'm terribly familiar with from the Doom Patrol I've run, but it, it really starts when Metallo crashes on a farm. He's looking for parts. He's apparently been chasing down spare parts for his body. He's all metallic, obviously, so he needs new stuff. And he is, he finds out he needs to go to Kansas City to find the Doom Patrol because Robot Man has his parts. Uh, I think this is a cool way to do the crossover that Metallo would be a natural fit because he might want Robot Man's parts. I think it's a really smart way to, to have them cross over and to see them clash. It's it's a fun matchup. Obviously, I think Metallo is a Superman villain first and foremost, but if you're going to have him cross over with another team, Doom Patrol makes a lot of sense. So there are, there's other stuff going on. Larry Trainer wants to study Reactron. The Doom Patrol is not the most beloved team in Kansas City. They, a lot of people want them out. And it doesn't really help when Metallo crashes into Doom Patrol headquarters looking for Robot Man or at least his parts and Metallo is able to take control of Robot Man's body. And so then Cliff, Cliff Steele, Robot Man, just starts trashing the Doom Patrol. They're not fighting back too hard, but he is just trying to take them all down. He can't help it. He's fighting against his body. Eventually, the team finds Metallo and his drone, so he has to attack. Clark Kent is conveniently in Smallville, Kansas, having a picnic with Lana Lang, and overhears about the, death, the Doom Patrol-Metallo fight and takes off to realize he needs to help with that and figure out what's going on because Metallo is his big bad, one of his big bads, and he needs to stop it. And that's really the most important parts of Doom Patrol number 10. On to Superman Volume 2, number 20, a cover date of August 1988, titled Doom in the Heartland. This was written in pencil by John Byrne, inked by Byrne and Carl Kessel, colored by Petra Scotesi, and edited by Mike Carlin and Renee Witterstatter. The cover is this weird slash cool mashup of Robot Man, Superman, and Metallo. You see it's just a mixture of their three faces. It's split into thirds. Kind of cool slash scary, I would say. A little scary if you uh, weren't expecting that. And we get right into the first several pages take place before the Doom Patrol issue. So this is weird. On page 7, there is a 
text box basically saying Doom Patrol number 10 takes place in between these two panels. So we go from the start of the picnic that Clark was on at the end of Doom Patrol, then the Doom Patrol issue, and then the next panel. It's after the picnic and bad stuff has happened. So this is a fun issue. When I did this, decided to do this issue, I wondered how it would fit. And the Doom Patrol stuff is cool in it, but this reminds me of what is so cool about this time period, but also why it's tricky just to jump in and read an issue. There is really tight continuity going on here. So this is even before the Triangle era when the titles were intertwined, but there is still a lot of ongoing stuff here. That has nothing to do with the issue or the main story. So there's a lot of subplots. So we see Lois and Cat at the Daily Planet. Cat is interested in Clark at the time. Lois and Clark are not romantically involved. There's another thing going on with Jimmy. There is something with Perry and Alice. Alice works at the Daily Planet, and it's something that there's a storyline introduced here that doesn't pay off for another year and a half in a Christmas title in 1989. So this is all really cool, but it makes it so this is hard to jump in. So pre-crisis, you could jump into almost any issue of Superman, and except for the rare two-part issue, you can get what's going on because there's a status quo and everything you need to know is in that issue for the most part. Now there's some ongoing storylines and things like that, but for the most part, it is new reader friendly. This, I think it tells you everything you need to know for the main plot, but there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Matrix Supergirl's just kind of hanging out. She inter- she meets the Kents. She's just listening on the radio and realizes she needs to go help Superman with what is going on with the Metallo, but that doesn't pay off in this issue. It's it's all laying the seeds for what's going on. So I much prefer this long-form storytelling that is going on here and even further into the, the late 80s and early 90s of what was going on with Superman. But it is hard. Even though I'm pretty familiar with this era, I probably know it the best out of all the Superman eras. This is probably what I know the best. It does take a little bit to get into things and say, oh yeah, what's going on here? Yeah, Matrix just came over from the pocket universe. She looks like Lana for some reason. And she's really being Supergirl, and she wants to help uh, Lois and Cat. There's stuff going on there. Uh, this weird love triangle, rectangle, everything going on. So it it does take a minute to get back into, oh, yeah, what's going on here? But let's talk about the actual Doom Patrol stuff. So once we get after the picnic, Metallo, his drones, and Robot Man have taken control and taken down the Doom Patrol. Superman quickly tracks them down, and... Uh, there's some fighting, some punchy-punchy, smashy-smashy. Finally, Cliff Steele, Robot Man, asks Superman to just rip his head off. So he can't hurt anyone. So (laughs) Superman does it. He rips Cliff's head off. If you remember, there's just a brain inside Robot Man's head. So rip that off. His brain's still fine, but the rest of his body stops working. So (laughs) Robot Man can no longer take down the rest of the Doom Patrol. And that, that that is a big part in resolving it. And then they can just go add spare parts to Robot Man later and he'll be back whole again, as whole as Robot Man is. We also get some backstory on Metallo, you know, because he's, he was first introduced in Superman number one, the start of this this era, really, after Man of Steel miniseries. And then we get some history with Luther, what's going on there. Metallo is tracking down Luther's medals and all of that and sort of looking at Lex's facilities and trying to find stuff. Eventually, Scott Fisher and Celsius of the Doom Patrol help to finished Doom Metallo off and Metallo is destroyed but everything but his head is found and that's important for Metallo because similar to Robot Man if you've got his head he can add the metal parts the rest of the metal parts as he goes and 
come back together and cause problems for Superman down the line. So his body is destroyed, but the rest of his head is found, is not found. So he is free to cause havoc later. Overall, this is a fun crossover, not a ton of meat to it. If you want to know what Superman and the Doom Patrol, what's going on there. I, I, they don't get to know each other really well. It seems like Superman and Robot Man know each other a little bit, but we don't get a bunch of team interactions. It's just a fun little side story, and it's back on to whatever's going on the next week. So it's really a small portion that is dedicated to the Doom Patrol. I was hoping a little more meat on it, but I shouldn't be surprised with all the ongoing stories and subplots that this didn't have a huge impact. But it is fun. It's a cool idea seeing Metallo versus the Doom Patrol and Robot Man in particular. And then Superman comes in to save things. I think that's a really cool story to do. So not a ton else to add to that. But like I said, this was the end, towards the very end of John Byrne's run on Superman. After really spearheading things in the post-crisis era, starting with the Man of Steel miniseries. And I believe episode tw or issue 22 was his final on Superman for this run and it's a, a very controversial ending there with the supergirl saga and a pocket universe and zod and everything that goes on there but this is a fun little romp before that all right well i think that's all i have for this week's episode you can find me on twitter at krypton tom you can find the podcast at superman pod if you've got any questions or, or feedback or anything like that leave it there and i will get to it when i can thanks for listening and i'll be back soon